Welcome back to Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jehaziel. Hi, how's it going? How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. So I just took a slurp of something. Oh, I'm sure you did. That did not taste like coffee. What is that? What did that taste like this week? I don't It tastes sour. Why does it taste sour? That's the acidic in it. That's So today we are, um, we got a Kenya AA blend from, uh, from Kenya. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, and yes, this one is also from the local coffee shop, the rabbit, uh, where I get all my local coffee beans. Um, I do hope one day, you know, as we keep doing this and stuff and, you know, we both go on vacation, we're going to, you know, stop in. I like to stop in at local coffee shops from wherever we go and pick up different, uh, roasts and stuff from around the country and world, you know, uh, you know, maybe someday I'll get to go to Ireland and try a nice Irish coffee, uh. And he's putting his vanilla and sugar in it to ruin it. That's me making this taste good. But yeah, this is a definitely have a has a higher acidic content in the coffee. Uh, I can tell. Uh, that's did you know that's because this is grown at an altitude of seventeen to eighteen hundred feet above sea level. I did not know that. That is why this has a higher acidity. That's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, in the um, region of Kenya, this is my least favorite so far of, of all that we've done. One day I'm gonna pick the coffee. You just wait. Okay. You just wait. I, I can't wait. As long as it's not no Maxwell House or Folgers. You see, that just that acid cuts through the French Vanilla International Delight to the point that I don't like to make it look like milk, but I have to. It, this one definitely does bite a little bit. It's got some. Got some nip to it, and uh, it'll wake you up in the morning. Let me tell you, it's, uh, <laughs> it's gonna make the lips pucker. I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that one at all. It has a harvest period between November and December, by the way. So, out of the three, this is our third episode. Out of the three that we've hunt, had so far, we've had a Honduras, we've had a uh, Costa Rica. And now this Kenya blend. Which ones was your favorite? <laughs> I don't know. They're all the same except this one, and it's worse. I definitely think I like the Costa Rica a little better. It was probably my favorite so far. Good things come out of Costa Rica. Uh, they do. Like dinosaurs. Yes. And Isla Nubar. Nubar. <laughs> <laughs> do you even Jurassic Park? I, I don't. I mean, I do. But oh, my I, goodness. Not like you. No, not like me at all. Okay. So this week, we have another one. Uh, you picked the last one. We're going to be talking about a little movie that I like to call Gone Baby Gone. So that's where we're going to be going this week. And why do you like to call it that? Because that's, uh, ironically what it's titled. Oh, okay. So that's why we're going to go there because, yeah, the movie came out in 2007. It's a movie that I enjoy. Um, but let me ask you, how old are you? I'm 28. How old do you feel? About 22. <laughs> <laughs> That's Look, one way. I feel really good. Okay. Okay. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Let's play a little game that I like to call Who Was Born Today and How Old Does That Make You Feel? Oh, okay. Right. Uh, it's a it's a working title, but let's see what we can do with it. Okay. 
Here's one. Okay. How old, born today, is Dean Kane? Dean Kane. Superman himself. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm gonna say Dean Kane is 49. 49. Yeah. Dean Kane is 55. Ooh. Okay. All right. He's a little bit old. He's a little bit older than I thought yeah. as well. I was gonna go early 50s was my second guess, like 53, but okay. Okay. I'll give you another one. Uh, how old is Wesley Snipes? Is he 57? 57. Wesley Snipes, Blade himself, is actually 59. Ooh, I almost said that. I was, I was close. Close. But as you know, close only counts in horse grenades. I don't know what that means at all. Uh, let me guess. An office reference. No, actually, that's a Parks and Rec that makes sense. reference. So. That makes sense. Yeah. It was one of those. It was a Chris Pratt Parks and Rec quote. What do the words Taika Waititi and Flash Gordon mean to you? Um, is he directing a Flash Gordon movie? I mean, yeah, but... Oh, okay. How do you feel about that? Oh, that could be interesting. I mean, I never really got into the Flash Gordon like comics or anything like yeah, that. I don't, so I don't really know. I, I don't know if that would be like a good fit. Is it supposed to be more comical? Like, uh, is it going to take like the role of like Thor Ragnarok and go that route or? Probably. Yeah, if so. I had to guess. So, I mean, yeah, it could be good. I mean, I think he's a good director. So, hey, yeah, he's a, he's a really particular director but if you like his style yeah. you like his stuff um i still haven't watched jojo rabbit so i don't i'm trying to find one more this thing makes you feel old type thing but i'm struggling so riff a little um you know what makes me feel old all right here i got you right now i got you right now let's get real let's so, get real for a second about as about three weeks ago, three weeks a month ago, my cousin she posted a uh, picture on Instagram, and it was of Dunkaroos. Do you remember Dunkaroos? I have no idea what that is. You've, oh my gosh, they what were it? like little like cookie things. They were cookies, and they they came with like this like a like a sugary like cream cheese type or not cream cheese but like a cream. And you could dunk the cookie in the cream and eat it. It was like just pouches. Like okay. everything. Yeah. They were called Dunkaroos. They were like animals and you dunked them in, like animal cookies and you dunked them in. Anyways, I haven't seen them in years. She found some and bought them because, you know, they're awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of made me feel old because I talked. Because it was an old I've, thing. Yeah. I've asked other kids and like people now, like younger, like, oh, you know what Dunkaroos are? Like, no, what's that? And then you don't even know what they are. I don't so. even know what they are, but I guess I didn't uh, get into that at all. Yeah. Here's one. Here's a, how old are you? This thing will make you feel old. Okay? Okay. Sky High. All right. How many years ago did that come out? That one came out, and I'm going to guess 2005 or six. Okay, just give me a how many years ago. Oh, how many years? I'm not years? doing the uh, math in my head. Okay. Uh, 16 years ago. Wow. 16 years ago. Yeah. 
That's when it came out, 16 years ago. Was it really? Almost 20 years ago, Sky High. What? Yeah, 16 years. Like, that's a long time. Oh, it was 16. It was 16, right. Oh, I was right. right. Okay. You're right. All right. But 16 is almost 20. Oh, okay. It's closer to 20 than it is to 10. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. A couple other things. Uh, I seen seen on Twitter that uh, Knives Out 2 has almost wrapped filming. Oh, nice. Tell me your thoughts on that. Uh, that's going to be awesome. I love, I love the so? whodunit. Yeah. I'm, I'm really worried. Whodunit movies are amazing. I, some of them are. I, I like them. They're just fun. And They're, I think Knives Out 1 was, it's probably in my top 10, like, near perfect movie ever made type of deal. Okay. Like, everything about it, from casting to acting to story to cinematography. Like, it's almost perfect as a movie. Ryan Johnson's awesome. But can you follow that up with another whodunit in the same fashion? You know what I mean? Can you do that again? Yeah. I don't know. It worries me. And it's going straight to Netflix. That's a, yeah. Uh. Well, Netflix hired him to be like, we want to do this again. Make another one. Come back. And it's... All he did was hire a bunch of super well-known people just like the last one. It's just like... So it's a completely different uh, cast? It's a completely different story, except Daniel Craig is back as... Okay, that's... The James Bond of the Knives Out series. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, that's... (laughs) I want it to be really good. I just don't think it can live up to what the first one was. Okay, no, maybe it's not going to be as great, but I think it'll still be a great film. I think we'll it'll still find be fun. out. We'll find be, out. I think you're still going to be shocked at who the who done it. You see, I'm more I'm more excited to see Death on the Nile, which was the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Well, see, I didn't enjoy Murder on the Orient Express. I didn't I like Murder was... on the Orient Express either. So this one only can go up for me. Well, it could go down. I don't think it could. You can't. You can't get below six feet under. You know what I mean? Like. You're saying that it's just going to join the grave with the other one, if anything. But knives out, like you can't have two first place. You know, it's like the Olympics; only one person's in first up there. So it's either going to dethrone the other one because it's better, or it's just going to be subpar to it. So it's going to like take its gold trophy medal and. I hope so, but I just don't know if it can do it or not. Would you be happy if it even got silver? I guess. Okay. I mean, yeah. If if it's a good movie, I'm going to be like, yay. I like watching good movies. Especially Murder Mysteries where the whole time I'm like, what is happening? I'm I'm the detective. I'm going to figure this out. When does that one release next year? I don't know. I don't don't know. Okay. Did you watch the What If trailer for Marvel's What If? I have, yeah. What did you think of that? That looks good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Comes out mid-August? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I really like that concept. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Go. No. Look. Yeah. No. I was. Uh, I really hope that it does well, and I hope that. I hope it's it really enjoyable because I would love to see them do like a, AVX animated series like that. Yeah. And continue like cause I like the animated stuff. Marvel hasn't done that. This is really their first. Big animated. Series yeah, they've done some, but doing. it's been like Disney TV show stuff. Yeah. Uh. Because DC, I know, has been kind of successful in the animated stuff like that. So to see Marvel do that would be really nice. Because Marvel's got a lot of cool 
series that they could do animated. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens with like changing up the story that especially you and I grew up knowing and loving. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's the same exact characters that we know. It's not some other like this is its own thing. No, this is an MCU story. Yeah. But what if that's a great marketing tool anyway. So I'm excited to see what it does. Yeah. Did you see they released a uh, an image for the Hawkeye series? No, I did not see that. Yeah. It's just him and Haley Steinfeld like in a storage unit and there's just a bunch of Hawkeye stuff everywhere. Yeah. But uh, She's playing his daughter, right? No. No. She plays the character Kate Bishop who takes up the Hawkeye mantle from Hawkeye. I don't think in the comics Hawkeye's daughter was the one that took up the mantle as Hawkeye. Oh, okay. It was this character, Kate Bishop, who takes up the mantle. Who she is, I have, I don't know. I never got into the yeah. Hawkeye comics. Are you excited for that? Yeah, well, yeah, anything. I, I, I love the character, <laughs> and I love Jeremy Renner. So I, I would agree with you. I like the character of Hawkeye. So I, I'm, It's a post-Endgame series, so that'll be interesting because he'll still have remnants of Ronan, yeah, in there. Hopefully, not the haircut, but we'll see. What does that look like now that he's got his wife and family back? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I yeah, am excited he was retired, to see where right? it goes. Retired in like, prison, kind of thing. Like, yeah, he was on house arrest, so yeah, he was trying to do right by his family. But yeah, I'm excited for it too. All right, you ready? Yep. Let's you ready to this. get into the the heart of it? Let's get this Gone Baby Gone. (laughs) Like he said, we are doing Gone Baby Gone, which is 2007 uh, crime drama directed by Ben Affleck, starring Casey Affleck, Ed Harris, Morgan Freeman. And it's about a private investigator who has been tasked in with the police to help find a little girl in Boston. You forgot Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, she's in there too. Don't don't. She's a good her. actress. I'm not taking anything away from her. I'm just looking at th- these were the only three listed. There's oh. a lot of other people in there. Oh too. yeah, uh, yeah. It has rated R. Genre is crime drama, mystery thriller. It was released October 19th of 2007. You said 07. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had yeah. a budget of 1.9 million and it grossed 20 million, and has a runtime of one hour and 54 minutes. So it it didn't make a lot of money back. No. It barely made its money back. It found its audience on DVD far more than it did in theaters, I think. Yeah. To note, this is uh, Ben Affleck's first um, attempt at directing, and he brought in his little brother to get in there and and star as the lead role, which really boosted up his career for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. and you also have to remember, this movie came out a year after uh, The Departed, which was another Boston crime drama and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. but, um, which I, I feel that I actually enjoyed this one a lot more than The Departed. I thought it was a better movie. Really? Yeah. Well, I know where, I only say really with that inflection because I know where you hold The Departed uh, in yeah. terms of crime dramas. But, I mean, you're looking at a, a a list of movies from Ben Affleck coming out from a directorial standpoint. This, and then you've got The Town, and then you have Argo. These three movies, he's only done so far, one, two, three, four, five. He's only done five so far. Oh, four, because that one's only a short. 
Live by Night was his newest ones, which I think was the least well regarded out of Did all. Did he not direct Gone Girl? No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. No, okay. he didn't. Um, Sorry. He's not missed from the director's chair. Live by Night may not, may not have been very well received, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. Right. The guy's got a vision in his mind. From He's a decent actor. I don't think he's the best actor by any means, but he's a phenomenal director. I do believe he's a phenomenal director. I wish he would have made a Batman movie because I think he would have done a really gritty Batman movie. Oh, yeah. But obviously that was that was stripped from him. And Casey Affleck... He's not a great actor. He's not great, but in certain roles, he does a really good job. Because to me, he's an everyman's man. Well, yeah, if he, from an actor's standpoint, in in this movie, he's just playing himself. Like in this one, for sure, he's just playing because they all grew up in Boston. Yeah. They all came from there. That's why they write these movies so well. Ben Affleck going back and and writing and participating in Goodwill Hunting, which had Casey Affleck in it as well. Mm-hmm. He was much younger. Um, but this is. Everybody involved for me, firing it on all cylinders. Everyone involved. And even from the perspective of uh, the writing team for Gone Baby Gone, Ben Affleck was a writer and then a guy named Aaron Stockard. Aaron Stockard, let me give you a list of his filmography, and he hasn't written that much either, but he was a producer on Gone Baby Gone. He was a writer on Gone Baby Gone. He was involved in the crew of... The Talented Mr. Ripley and Goodwill Hunting. And he wrote alongside Ben Affleck, The Town and The Gone Baby Gone. So this guy hasn't had any misses either. Yeah. It's a very niche style. And like, obviously, I'm assuming this guy's probably from Boston as well. Um, but what they make, they make well, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to if, I, yeah, there's not really much info on Aaron Stockard. Uh, not on IMDb anyways. No. But I'm assuming that he's like a childhood friend of like the Affleck's. I bet because (laughs) Matt Damon's in that circle as well and Talented Mr. Ripley is a Matt Damon movie and he helped write that. What were, you said you liked it and you liked it more than The Departed. What what specifically did you like about this one? Um, So with the Departed, or so with this film and stuff, I felt like it was a it was an easier film to watch. It was it was gritty and rough, but okay. So a big thing for me, like in films, when there's sexual content and scenes, I have to fast forward through and just be like constant, you know, and constantly have to be on the alert for. It takes me out of the film. Oh, definitely. And the Departed had so much of it that it was just like, I, it's a great film. I can't like, I'm not going to deny that's probably top ten greatest films ever made. But I I can't enjoy watching it. Uh, yeah. And this one didn't have all that garbage in it to where I was. That's me personally. No, I it had other agree. stuff that I know other people like. It's it was pretty gory. Gone Baby Gone's gory. It, it had yes. a lot of language in it. That yes. stuff doesn't take me out of the film. Yeah. And I was but I, because it didn't have all the sexual content in it. I was able to mm-hmm. sit down and actually enjoy it. I would argue from a storytelling standpoint, and I would agree with you that it takes you out because it's unnecessary to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just as in, as in, you don't necessarily, as much as I don't mind violence, I think you can tell certain stories without needing to see that stuff. It doesn't take me out of it. But at the same time, stuff that's 
sexually oriented is in there nine times out of ten to be an eye candy draw as mm-hmm. opposed to a storytelling element. Yeah. Um, it's unnecessary. And if you cut it out, it doesn't make a bit of difference to the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can show that these people are deplorable human beings and the departed without needing to go there and needing to see that, you know. So I would agree. It takes you out of it because you have to be on guard, especially if you're coming from kind of a a, a conservative Christian standpoint looking at these movies. I would prefer that it not be in there. You know, the same thing goes for language. Like, it isn't necessary. I understand it if you're telling a story, especially from Boston. I had a buddy when I was in the Army from Boston. This movie isn't exaggerating, or any of these movies that have this right demographic as the main point of the movie. That's exactly how they are, and I get that. So I can overlook that because it, it doesn't take me out, but... The question is what is necessary and what is unnecessary to tell the story. So I really like that you went there because this movie did what it needed to do to tell the story, but it didn't take you anywhere else. It didn't need to go. And I do appreciate that in the same same exact way. But this movie is incredibly profane just off the bat. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, if you don't have a stomach for foul language this is not the movie for you at all. Within the first 10 minutes, like the F-word's used mm-hmm. a lot. It's accurate to the people and the demographic that they're talking about. Do I agree with it? No. Do I think they should use those words in real life or in the movies? No. But it is a reality, nonetheless. Yeah. The content of this movie, being about kidnappings, being about children, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to to handle so there's another kind of disclaimer if you're not looking for those kind of movies this is literally about a little girl being taken that's what it's about yeah the story like from the from the get-go like it it grasps you from that opening like just downtown yeah oh yeah and Um, i love i love i want to go to boston i've never been up there. you get immersed in the world yeah so quickly you're like i know who these people are yeah i can't relate to these people yeah but i know who these people are and they're real human beings. All of these people are actors. But you're like, I want to I want to meet that guy. I want to meet that cop. I want to meet that woman. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> or I don't ever want to meet that person ever in my life because they're such horrible people, you know? Yeah. This movie really delves into right, wrong, and the gray area in between it. And like, what is right? What is wrong? What can you handle? And what can't you? What can you live with? And what can't you? Yeah. And you're asking, I'm asking myself these questions the entire movie. This I'm movie like, makes you think so much. I 100% yeah. agree with you. Yeah. And it makes, it's a conversation movie. Yeah. It really is. So I thought as far as story goes, it twists and it turns and it follows one train of thought until the shift, you know, until about the, the, the three-quarter mark. Spoiler. Yeah, until the three-quarter mark, like, it shifts and goes a completely different direction. You're like, wait, what is really going on here? And it takes, it goes from a drama about these people trying to find this little girl into straight uh, crime, crime mm-hmm. drama, you know, and and, and dirty cops and, and all of this. But dirty cops doing the wrong things for the right reasons. It's very, like, training day-esque at that yeah. point. Like, once you've lived in this world with scumbags for so long you kind of become a scumbag you know yeah right and they justify it 
And when they tell you why they justify it, you're like, I can't necessarily disagree with why you're justifying it, but you're still wrong. Mm -hmm. That's such a that's such a fine line. And we just we just got done talking about the last episode of Eight Men Out. Like, I saw what you were doing, and I disagreed with what you were doing, and you were wrong, and you deserve to be punished for for what you did. Yeah. But in this sense, it's like, ooh. That's a little bit harder because this little girl was kidnapped from a mom who's a pretty bad mom. Heavy spoilers if you haven't seen this movie. I don't want to get into too many details about the the third act and how this movie ends. I recommend you watching the movie before if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it. Go watch it before you listen to this. If you don't care and that doesn't matter to you, then then keep listening because we're going to bring up spoilers throughout. I don't want to try to skirt around any of them. So just go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh so what how do i let, let's go back let's start from the beginning kind of cause okay there's some okay. Re, there's some really good scenes before the go ahead you get any spoilers and stuff like ed harris's character in this movie you can tell from the get-go he's a dirtbag can you yeah i i could like from the moment you they, think so yeah from the moment they that uh casey affleck and michelle monaghan go and sit down with him okay yeah definitely at that yeah. diner and he's just like, why are you even... You okay, know? yeah. I would agree with you that he's a scumbag. Like, he's just not a very nice person. Um, him and his him and his him partner and, joshing back and forth and just being just jerks to these, yeah. these people. But every, every situation that Casey Affleck and Michelle Monaghan are in, that's where... When they're in that bar and they're trying to get questions from people and they're like, why is everybody treating these two like trash, you know? And they're in that in-between where cops don't like them because they're trying to do the cop's job. Yeah. And they're doing it more effectively in an area where people don't like cops. Mm-hmm. People don't like them because they're trying to be cops, even though they're not cops. Yeah. So both sides of the aisle don't really like who they are or what they do. Yeah. Well, and you got to think, too, that that community up there, they're like really, it's really like a small, even though it's a city, they have those neighborhoods and they're just small everybody town knows everybody. knit and they're like, we take care of our own. Yeah. You got, we don't need your help here. Yep. And uh, and sometimes it's funny because there, there's a lot of crime. So if you're not a criminal, you know somebody who is. So you're almost like guilty by association. And so nobody wants to rat on anybody. Right. But if you say anything, then you're labeled as a rat. So this guy's a rat. Him and his wife are rats in this community. Yep. And it's just like pins and needles everywhere they go. But he does a really good job, Casey Affleck does a really good job with understanding that and just turning on like borderline psycho when he needs to. Yeah. Because there's scenes, every scene where he's belittled for who he is and what he's doing, he just turns it around and just like verbally smacks everyone across the face every time. Whether that was in the bar Mm -hmm. with how he was being treated and how they were talking about his wife. And he's just like, I will kill all of you, pretty much. Like he pulls his gun out because they were gonna, they were gonna rough him up anyway. Yeah. And he's like, No, we're done here. And you can see it in his eyes, like it twist into something else. And then you go to him and Ed Harris and the other guy in the diner, and they're like, You're nobody. You guys suck. And he's like, Well, I know things you guys already don't know, so I'm already a step ahead of you. Like, right. Bring me in, or I'm gonna go right around you and pass you up. And they're like, All right, we're equals. And at that point, they treat him like equals. The rest yeah. of the movie, or the scene with. I'm doing all the talking right now. No, you're good. You're good. The scene with him and Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman's like, you're a little boy. Like, go home, little boy. And he's like, no, 
I can't remember how he words it because he's like almost talks about himself in the third person at that point. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to treat me with respect whether you want to or not. And Morgan Freeman's like, all right, I am. You could just tell. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely can. He's got like two personalities. He's got his Boston personality where he grew up and this yeah. is how he lived his life. Yeah. And then he's got his professional one. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, I'm just as good as you. Yeah. And you can tell, like you said, in the bar, like he turns it around and he's like, you guys, they all knew him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you oh, yeah. know who I am. And he pulls out that gun and he's like, this is who I am and I can be this guy if I have to. <laughs> I was so like, back off. You can tell that he's got a history in the past of things he's probably not proud of. Yeah. Because he's a really good man. His character-wise, he's a really good man and he doesn't want to be like everybody else who's kind of scummy. But he's willing to go there if he has to. Yeah. Same thing with the criminal cheese when he goes to meet him. Yeah. He's like, I'm trying to be nice. And then as soon as cheese insults him, he's like, I am going to murder you and everyone in the cheese. He doesn't say that, but it's like in his eyes, you can tell he's serious. And he's like, if you, and all he did was insult his wife again, yeah. which is rampant there to disrespect the guy, go after the girl. And he's just like, no, nah, this is not going to happen. I'm going to make your life miserable. And she's just like, I got you. And it's just, it's just respect given at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that this is the first time you've seen it going into it because yeah, not only do I love when we can have a conversation about a movie or I can recommend a movie to someone and you watch it, but you also like what you see and you're like, where have, where have you been my whole life? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Why have I not watched this sooner? Yeah. So they're, they're tasked to find this little girl. Um, they follow the trail of breadcrumbs that they find, and it ends in a dead end. We also the also the other part of the story that I really like was between him and his wife, who at the beginning of the movie she didn't want to take the job, right? Because she didn't think she could handle finding this little girl dead somewhere or her dying because of the, what they were doing in trying to find her, mm-hmm. and she couldn't. She didn't think she could live with that, and he he respects her. In as much as he's like, listen, I at least have to hear him out as a professional. That's our job. Let's hear him out. If we don't take it, we don't take it. And then she's the one that decides we're taking this. And he's like, okay, I guess we're taking it, which he's okay with. Mm -hmm. And then the way that that goes throughout the movie and where that ends, everyone in the movie is on this spectrum of right and wrong. And the only one who's consistent in the middle is Casey Affleck. Yeah. The only one. And I told Vera when we watched it again this time, and I just watched it like a month ago while we were sitting here playing COD and I just had it playing. Mm -hmm. So I had seen it. I've seen it twice now really recently. And I'm like, it really reminds me of old-fashioned heroes where he didn't have an arc. No. He He didn't have an arc. He was who he was at the beginning, and he stayed himself the entire time. If anything, he took a step back at that point where he couldn't handle what he was seeing anymore. We mm-hmm. can get into that in, in a minute. But he was the hero of the story, the protagonist, the entire time. And even when it came to the end where he had to make a decision, he's like, no, I have to do what's right. Right. And I love that about the story because he lived by these sets of rules and these convictions and didn't waver. Everyone else in the movie wavered and justified rights and wrongs based off the wind and feelings. Right. And he left his feelings out of it and he's like, no, it's wrong. 
you're you're not right, even though you're right to a degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's or so even though difficult. it might be right for even though it might be right for person, you. Yeah. It's still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, so how much did you catch on to before it started to get revealed? Because there's a point where it revealed itself. Yeah. It, so I kind of thought at the beginning of the film that the aunt and uncle kidnapped the little girl. That was my first right off the get-go. And then we find out later it was just the uncle. It was Yeah. There was multiple people involved, but it was the uncle. And to clarify, for if you haven't seen the movie and you don't care to see the movie, the mom of the daughter who goes missing is a pretty bad person. She's a drug addict. A drug addict, sells drugs on the side, takes her daughter to sell drugs yeah. or to mule drugs, and she just has zero character as a human being. Um, everybody sees that, and everybody just wants to put her in prison. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she gets away with everything at the end of the movie where they all know that she's a criminal yeah. and nothing happens to her. Because it's Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but... Needless to say, as the movie goes, everyone involved is like, we want to find your daughter, but nobody wants to give you your daughter back because of how bad of a person you are. Like, that's just the consensus, you know, especially with Michelle's character, because she's like, you suck. Yeah. And and you can tell, like, the mom doesn't, you're, the whole time, you're, like, really wondering, does she really even care? It's so hard. It's so hard to tell. Because she does. You can tell that she loves her. But at the same time, the cycle of living that she was brought up in, her parents probably suck, too. So she doesn't know how to parent. Right. Let alone what true love of a child is. Mm-hmm. And she's just doing what she knows. And unfortunately, that's just creating this cycle to where her kid's going to grow up and probably be incarcerated too. Yeah. Because that's the cycle of that lifestyle. Yeah. So where do we pick the story up at next? So so the little girl goes missing and then they they think Cheese has her. Yeah. And so then they go to but her. Cheese they, admits to having it, her. Right. It admits to it. It admits quotations. to having her, yeah. And then so they set up a the cops and everyone, they set up this scenario where mm-hmm. they can get her back for Cheese's money because the little girl's mother stole money from him. Uh, so then they set it up. They have them meet at this quarry and two different, the cops, and then Casey Affleck and Michelle Monaghan's character, Monaghan? Monaghan? I think it's Monaghan. Monaghan's character. Sure. There's a G in there, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's Anyways. Or it's not. <laughs> uh, they have them meet at a different place well when they're standing there the gunshots go off and then they run over there cheese is dead the little girl falls in the quarry so we think yeah and that's where they think that she's dead they can't find her body in the water and so it's just that's where the the case goes cold and everything that we think plays out plays out Mm -hmm. up until that point michelle monahan's character just like at the beginning she's like i don't want to find this girl dead and i don't want to not find her both of those options suck yeah and as the story goes on, she's like, I also don't want to find her and give her back to her mom. There's no win scenarios here. Yeah. And they don't find her. And their relationship uh, struggles because of it, struggles heavily because of it. And she pretty much shuts down. Well, when she's dead, the little girl. Because they think she's dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. And she, she sh- shuts down yeah. and doesn't want anything to do with what he's got going on. She just cries yeah. all the time. And then Casey Affleck still has working relationships with the cops that were involved in this. And then it gets to the shift. It gets to the shift, the climax of the movie, I would say, where 
Ed Harris's character gives away that he lied to Casey Affleck earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing huge. It's so subtle that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. Yeah. It really is. Luckily, not 10 minutes later, it gets brought back up again because that's the the crux of the story there is that like, wait, he lied to me two months ago. Why did he lie to me? He had no reason to lie to me. He had no reason to lie to me unless he's intentionally lying to me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he starts to investigate the cops on his own dime. Yep. And that's when the movie shifts. It just shifts. And then also that's when another little boy goes missing and his drug dealer buddy is like, hey, I know where that guy is who, who took that kid. Do yep. you want to go take care of it? And even Vera's like, is this how they do things? Like they just subvert the police and they're just like, no, we're going to handle this on our own. I'm like, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's the, the cops wild are dirty west if you out can't there. trust them. It's a wild west out there. And that's one of the hardest scenes of a lot of movies to watch. Yeah. When they go into that drug house where that, that child rapist yep. is staying and finding out that, that not only is that guy there, but that the boy is there and what happens in that in that 10-minute time span mm-hmm. is that was <clears throat> Thankfully, they didn't, show any, they didn't show much. No. Thankfully. because They that, didn't have to. No. It was... And that's like, uh, if anything, there's a common theme for what we've been talking about in this episode that you don't have to show much to convey a, a message and a point. Yeah. And that, that cr- out of his mind, you could tell he was crazy. Child rapist was just like, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. And he, that's what he kept repeating. And he's obviously nuts. And then you see the blood and... It made my stomach turn. Yeah, that was that was one of the roughest scenes I think I've... And it doesn't show anything. Like, you don't actually see it. You see blood, but, yeah. th- like, you don't actually see anything. Yeah. Uh, that may be one of Casey and then Affleck's, he throws up. Affleck's best acting scenes. He was... <sighs> and then he turns around. Yeah. And he has a choice to make. And this is what's so incredible about that character and that that classic hero. And I'm not talking superhero. Yeah. I'm just talking about back when they made movies about every man's man, mm-hmm. every woman's woman, heroes. You yeah. know? And it's just, what decision are you going to make here? And he makes a decision and he kills the guy. Like, execution style kills the guy. And the cops obviously are just like, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah. And they let it go. And he can't live with it. Like, he hates himself for that. And that scene, the scene where he's talking to the cop about, listen, I'm Catholic. Like, murder's wrong. Doesn't matter who you're murdering, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the cop's like, you know, I've planted evidence on a guy. I've justified doing the wrong thing for the right reason. And that's where we start to see a shift. Every character is so fleshed out mm-hmm. and so real. Ed Harris, all of them. Every side character is fleshed out to the mom's best friend who's just some junkie. Yeah. And you're just like, she's a real human being. Unlike what we've talked about in the past in other episodes where characters are superficial characters, surface-level characters, everybody in here, you can tell when they went into planning the movie, had a mom, had a dad, what happened to the mom and the dad. We don't know that. We don't need to know that. But it's all present enough to make that person have a real life. Yeah. And that scene between Ed Harris and Casey Affleck outside of the hospital, and they're just arguing, that's the first scene that you get where you're really like, okay, now here's the constant struggle. What's right? What's wrong? Uh-huh. Is 
is planting evidence right if the guy's a dirtbag and you just need to get him off the streets? Is it <laughs> right? And Casey Affleck's one hundred percent no. Yes, he's, he's like, like you no, can't, it isn't. No, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's an intense scene. It's one of the most intense scenes yeah. in that film. And I it had love a lot. It. But, that scene, and then obviously when uh, they go into that drug house and Ed Harris's partner gets killed, which yes. sets up yeah. a later scene at the funeral after the conversation that Casey and Ed had mm-hmm. where Ed kind of let on that he's been lying to Casey accidentally, yeah. accidentally. And then Casey goes to question him. And in front of his his own wife, in front of Casey's wife, Michelle Monaghan's character, he just threatens him. And he's just like, if you want to go down this road, it's going to suck for you. Like, you let it die and you let it die now. And Casey Affleck's like, what if I can't let it die? Like, it, it seems so much just like a Western. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to let it go. Like, this is going to be me and you to the end right now. And then he starts going around and asking other cops to find out who Ed, Ed Harris's character really is and what he's really done and been like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, it's laid out the road that the movie takes. It's just so, it's like a leisurely drive, you know, and it just takes a twist, takes a turn. It gives you one quick jolt to the right and then it just follows this new road and you're like, I want to go. Wherever they're going, I want to go. I want to go. And I, it, one thing about movies and stuff like that, I love it when you think it's over. When the little girl yeah. dies, you, you think do it's think over. that's the end when, of the movie. You think that's it, and then it's like, oh nope, it starts the yeah. third act, that final act, and it's like you're getting a whole other movie in it. Yep. And it's just as good as the first half. Yep. And uh, and then it starts to unveil characters, and yeah. his wife's still there with him. Like, okay, like she wants to let it die too because emotionally she can't handle it anymore. Right. But she goes with him because they seem really tight. Like. They've waned some because of everything that's been happening, but she's still right there with him. They go question. They go question the brother again yeah. the, of the the mom whose daughter went missing, and he starts to let things out that everything isn't as straightforward as as they thought it was, and who all's involved in this this plot of the girl going missing. What'd you think of that set of sequences leading up there? What did you think about that that shift when they're talking to essentially the little girl's uncle, the the woman's brother in the in the bar? Yeah. So, uh, at that point, I think the uncle knows like the jigs up, so he's just like, oh yeah, trying to like yeah, I, which I don't know why he would start confessing to stuff because he wanted the little girl out of that situation, anyways. I'm trying to think now. I think pretty much because Casey Affleck tell, tells you, I know what's going on. Because I'm pretty sure they had a conversation where he was like, I know what's going on. I'm going to find this little girl. I know she's still alive. Do you want to go down with the people that you helped conspire this with? Because gotcha. the only thing he's got left is, does he want to go to prison or does he not want to go to prison? Right. Um, and I think that's why he starts confessing. Yeah. So yeah, like at that point, though, he knows like he's probably gonna die yeah like oh he, yeah he, well ed harris pretty much threatens him like yeah. you tell him anything i'm gonna kill you i'm sorry about the flash uh yeah so then ed harris like comes in the bar in the mask it's like you know it's him did you know it was him I yeah i was like it has okay. to be it 
which I was shocked. Like you'd think he would have got like a thug or someone to go in there and do it, but no, he like he's an idiot and he just goes into yeah. Uh, well, I think he's like Ed Harris is on his last. He knows they know. Yeah. So he's just desperate, and I think he wants to keep it as close to the chest as he can and just end things. But I don't know why he didn't just shoot him. Yeah. Right. The uncle. Yeah. Why he didn't just walk in because he was he went in trying to act like he's just holding up the bar and then oh there happens to be this guy who starts talking smack to me so I'm gonna off him. Be- but because he didn't. I don't, which is weird, because Ed Harris's character throughout the whole thing is like, hey, if something's right, I should just do it, you know, even yeah. if it's wrong. Yeah. So you'd think he'd wanna to save his skin. close that door yeah. as quickly as he can. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't as bad of a guy as, you know... But you know that. I don't think Michelle Monaghan's character knows that's him. No. Casey but, Affleck does. But you know that the uncle knows that's him, and you darn well know that Casey Affleck is looking in his eyes yeah. and can just tell that's him. Granted, that's his voice, too. And he starts yelling. I know. Like, his name. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, over and over yeah. again. And he's just like, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. Like, Because he thought he was going to get shot right yeah. there. And then the only unexpected thing is that the bartender just starts shooting him. <laughs> and even at Harris later when he tracks him down because he runs out of the bar and Casey Affleck goes to get him, he's like, man, that bartender didn't waste any time. <laughs> like, it's in, you're in Boston, dude. Like, everybody has a gun. But now to continue the story, you have to go back a little bit to the chief who set up this department, which is Morgan Freeman's character. I love Morgan Freeman in this movie yeah. because he's not a central character. No. The movie doesn't revolve around him. He's in and out a couple times, and that's it. And I think it's awesome. He was a man who lost his little girl to the same type of thing. Somebody kidnapped her and killed her. And so he sets up his own division as a chief of police, and it's all ta- all about tasked out to find missing kids. And I think that's, that's awesome. They set him up perfectly um, for that role. And he's, your, he's the hero. Like, it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. But once, go ahead. Like he had, like it's crazy though, because like he, he set it up to save other, like to find other missing children. Yeah, to reunite them with their family. Kidnaps a child. The crux of the movie is Morgan Freeman set all this up to retire from the police department and raise some kidnapped kid. Yeah, as his own. That's insane. That's crazy. But at the same time, the mother is a coke addict, awful person. And so the movie, the the climax of the movie now is Michelle Monaghan and Casey Affleck going in their car and they're standing outside. And at this point, you don't know. Yeah, right. You don't know the spoiler that we just let out. But they're standing there and she's like, don't do this. She's like, how right do you think you are? And he goes, I don't think I'm right. I know I'm right. She's there. And she's like, don't do this. And so she doesn't go with him. And he goes and confronts Morgan Freeman. And then the little girl literally runs out of his house. Did you see it coming? I did not see that coming. No. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I thought that they they kidnapped the little girl. And then she actually still did fall in the lake. I thought, or the okay. quarry. I thought it was it. She was dead. They set it up perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. And then he and Morgan Freeman have this heated conversation and the little girl comes running out so it the, the jig is up he's got the little girl and they have a heated discussion about 
what's right and wrong. And it's really convicting because he's not wrong. Morgan Freeman. Like, that mom sucks. This little girl is going to end up drugged out and incarcerated. Odds, that's what's likely going to happen. Look at statistics. And she would have had a better life with him and his wife. She would have. No doubt. And then Casey Affleck just fires back and he's like, if you saw something wrong in this house, call child services. Like, take care of it. There's a legal way to do this. You're not right. And then the the, the what-if scenario that he poses to him at the end of that conversation. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Yeah. Morgan Freeman asks him, he's like, what if this little girl comes back to you later, you know, and, and says, you had an opportunity to save my life and you didn't do it. You know, how are you going to live with yourself if this little girl comes to you? And and again, this is what goes back to the every man, a hero. Every, he's just an every man's hero. Because he's so honest in as much as he just says, yeah, she may come back to me. But at least I know that I can lay my head down on my pillow and say I did the right thing. Even if it doesn't end up the way that I want it to end up, I did the right thing. And he goes, what I don't want to happen. And then he lays out this story of this little girl coming back to him 20 years later and saying, you knew they were wrong and you let them take me. It gives me chills thinking about it right now. Like, that's so hard. And he's like, the cops are on their way. Like, I'm doing this. And he almost borderline, like, kind of gives him a chance to run if he wanted to run. Because he hadn't called the cops yet. Right. Because Morgan Freeman calls him out. He's like, you don't want to do this. You're, you don't want to do this. Or you to call them already. And I don't think he wanted to call the cops. No. Until he knew because of who he was looking into. Right. Him being the chief of police. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want to accuse him of anything he didn't do. And that's why he didn't call the police yet. Otherwise, he would have had him just follow him there. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, I'm calling them. They're coming. They're going to be here in 15 minutes. It's such a hard scene to watch. You well, because he walks back to his car after that point and, and has a conversation with Michelle Monaghan. And she's trying to convince him not to do it. I know. It's and, so hard at that yeah. point because she's doing the exact same thing. She's like, and she just lays into him because she agrees with Morgan Freeman. They're yeah. going to give her the life she could never have. And she hates that woman for the way she's treating her own daughter. She's not wrong for hating that woman. She's not. That woman is a dirtbag. No. Because the whole time, I'm just questioning. I'm like, man, what would you do in this? Like, <laughs> what's right? What is right? And and then you caveat it with, she goes, I will never forgive you if you call the police. Like, she is 100% sold into, let them raise her. Yeah. Let it be. And she goes, this, like, you and me are done if you call. Because now she's emotionally convicted in the opposite direction that she's like, I can't do this. Again, going back to like, everyone is on this spectrum of right and wrong. And Casey Affleck is the only one who's like, I have to do right. I don't have a choice. I can only do what's right. And granted, what's right might be by law. You know, I can only do what's right by law. Right. Not by what I feel is right. Which is actually, which is another great thing because you're going off what you're going off yes. the law. Yes. You're not going off by our feelings, yes. and that's what so many people want to do today. Is like, oh, well, I I believe this because I feel this. 
not because it's right. Yes. He's sacrificing what he feels to yep. be right, to be what is actually right. Right. And he calls the, the very next scene is them just standing on opposite sides of the car and the cops pull up behind them. And then it goes into a narration by Casey Affleck at that point that mm-hmm. he just explains what happens. They get arrested and the girl goes back to her mother. Mm-hmm. And then the very next scene is him walking into his house as she's grabbing some things and leaving. She left him. Like he sacrificed his marriage. They weren't married. You don't think so? No, they weren't married. I think they were just dating or okay. engaged at the moment. I, um, they've been together for a long time. Yeah. That's at least explicit. Yes, yes. Um, and he sacrificed that to do. That's so incredible <laughs> to me. Just to do what's right. Like that's all you can ask your hero to do. Yeah. And he gives up everything. And I love the way the movie ends. Yeah, that final scene. I love the way the movie ends because he goes and talks to the woman. She's reunited with her mom. They give the daughter back to her mom. And then the next scene is him going and visiting her and the, and the little girl. Yep. Just seeing how they're doing. And she's no better of a human being. No. She really isn't. She's still a crap person. They explain kind of what happened. The uncle went to jail for being taking part in it. Mm-hmm. And then his wife just got excommunicated. And uh, so now it's just her with the little girl, and they don't even have those two good people in her life. Yeah, and she's getting she's getting dressed to go out in the middle and, of the day. Doesn't have a babysitter, no. and it's just like, gosh. And Casey you Affleck are bad. asks Amy Ryan, he's like, "Do you have someone to watch her?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, she'll be here in like you know twenty yeah. minutes or something." And she's gonna leave, <laughs> and he and then she's like, "Well, unless you want to watch her," and he's just like, "Yes, yeah, like," and it's not. I love it because he's not like, it doesn't set up anything that the two of them get together. She's going out to go meet some random guy because she's still bad. She's probably still dealing drugs. Yeah. And she's like, she jokingly says, unless you want to watch it. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. She's like, really? Yeah. And he chooses to stay and he's just like, he's the guardian angel now, you know? Like, you just get this feeling like he's going to be in this little girl's life for the rest of her life. Yeah. And she's going to love him more than she loves her own mother because he cares about her. He has to, though. Yeah. Because of the decision he made. But he's the type of person that it seems like he's going to go take another missing kid case and he's going to do the exact same thing. (laughs) Like, he's the man that would just, he has to do what's right no matter what. Yeah. He can't just ignore this little girl now, now that he found her, now that he reunited her with her mom because he knows that she's a bad person, too. So, what's right is that. He literally has to be right next to her and make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Which is incredible. This is such a well-written movie and well-delivered and and well-acted by everybody involved that it's a phenomenal movie. Mm -hmm. It's a tough movie, though. Content-wise, it's a hard movie to watch. Do not watch it if you have a... uh, If you struggle with... Anything that has to do with kids, and especially in regards to like child rape or kidnapping, it's all there. Granted, they do it tastefully and they respect the content perfectly, but that doesn't make it easy. No. We kind of broke this one down, like really, like scene by scene, almost, or yeah, by section by section, by section, by section. It, yeah, yeah, really, because it's you, you had have to. to. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Uh, 
yeah, no, I can't. I got nothing bad to say about this movie. Story, r- yeah, written, directed, acting. You could have cut out some of the language. Y- yeah, but it's either you cut, you leave it as is, or you cut it all out. Because yeah. if you cut out some of it, it's like why? But if you cut out all of it, it does a disservice to the demographic and the story. Yeah. And again, I'm not condoning it. I don't condone it in the movie just as much as I don't condone it in real life. But a fact of the matter is, that's what it is. But man, is this, this is what filmmaking to me is about. I could do away with all the mediocre boring movies that don't mean anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They all have a place. You, they, I get that. And would I wa- could I watch this movie all the time? Is it a go-back-to constantly movie? No. But it's one of those that sparks conversation and it sparks just that, that drive to make you want to be a better person kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Internally. Not all movies do that. No. You know, I don't watch Transformers and be like, yeah, like, let's go save the world. Let's go save the planet. Eco, you know. But with this, it's like, are my choices right? Am I willing to compromise? Or am I willing to stand fast no matter what happens? You know, that's the Captain America thing right there. (laughs) And he's just an everyman's man. Yeah, it makes you think. And that's, that's, that's a sign of a good well-written and well-directed movie is one that will make you think and have questions at the end and be like, okay, where do I stand on this and stuff? A lot of movies, there are great movies out there that don't do that. But for, like, if you're looking at a movie that's like a masterpiece, like this right here, I would consider a masterpiece of a film. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) The first review on IMDb says, a masterpiece. Let's see. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those movies where all the way around the pieces just fell into place and it accomplished something that most movies just don't accomplish, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got nothing else. Though. Nothing else to say no. about it? Mm-mm. You'd recommend watch a watch? I would recommend it. I would recommend a watch, yeah. Make sure you have some emotional support there when you do it, though. Don't do it by yourself. Yeah. Get a buddy. and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nothing else? Nope, nothing. I'm good. All right. Well, to wrap it up, guys, you can find us on the socials. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) Sorry. All those places that everyone's addicted to. That's at Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast. Yep. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Again, it helps us out. It moves us up on the iTunes charts and gets us more listeners because... We want we want people to listen. If you if you enjoy this, tell your friends, tell your family, you know, have them check us out, please, because we want to keep doing this. And uh, if you guys enjoy it, we can we, the more followers, the more listeners, the more we can do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So on that, guys, you have a a, a wonderful week. Bye.